The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live. Yes, we're live this morning from my office. It is June 29th, 2022, and we're live, live, live. I've got this amazing shadow that is probably driving Traven crazy because I did my own lighting this morning. Uh, But I'm thrilled to be here with you for this next hour. We've got an amazing autism mom who's going to be here and talking with you guys. And uh, I think you're going to find very inspirational and we're going to cover a lot of ground this morning. I am thrilled. I I also want to say that we noticed yesterday, because, you know, we're we're gradually moving into the studio and we're fitting technology that, you know, in the two years that we were not in the studio, technology went one way and we're refiring equipment that hasn't been used in in two years. And we're asking it to interact with new equipment and, and new programs and things. And so we're finding, you know, some glitches here and there. But, you know, some of those I don't need to bug you guys with, but one of the glitches that we noticed yesterday, because I think you saw that both Dr. Grampiche and I had iPads on our laps where we were getting the questions that were coming in through this app that we use. And uh, later we were comparing notes and we weren't getting the same questions. And so I just want to apologize to a couple of people who probably were like, why is Shannon avoiding my question? I know Bonnie in particular, Bonnie, if you're watching, I was not getting your questions. And um, so I just want to apologize that, and, and Dr. Grampiche was getting different questions than I was getting. And, and then we compared notes with Traven. So Traven has identified what the problem is and we shouldn't be having it again, but I do want to apologize because we never mean to be avoiding anybody's questions. We will answer whatever the question is. Right. Um, so we think that we've got that all solved for the next time that we're back in the studio. But I just, you know, if Bonnie, if you're watching, I was heart sick later that I didn't get your questions and that you would, and you would put up more than one question. So I feel very, very bad about that. We're not ignoring you, Bonnie. Uh, we just had a technical glitch. Anyway, uh, so excited to be here with you. You know, at the start of every show, I like to remind you guys that our mission here is to provide information and inspiration to everyone in that larger autism community. What is that? If you are a person who considers yourself part of the neurodiverse community, well, it certainly includes you. If you love someone that you consider to be in the neurodiverse community, it certainly includes you. Because we're, we're We're including all of us who have that mission in mind that we want to help individuals who are on the spectrum, right? Um, Which could be autism. It could be ADHD. It could be a lot of different things, but somewhere on the spectrum, the folks that are on the spectrum and the people who love them. That's who we're here for. 
and that's why we're here. I am a part of that community because I love someone in that community. I call myself a pony, a parent of a neurodiverse individual, and a pony, a parent of a neurodiverse adult individual. So I want to be an ally. I want to learn what I can do. We've been doing this show for 11 years. I look back at some of our old shows and I and I cringe because I go, oh, I think I've changed my mind about that, you know? And I'd like to say that I'm a person who is constantly learning, so I'm capable of growing and learning. But we think that the library of videos is useful, um, that you can go back and look at many different things. But keep in mind that sometimes we've learned and grown and found out new things since then. I would certainly, certainly hope so. So if you get fatutsed at me for something that I said 11 years ago, I love and respect you. Write in, tell me, and I might be writing back to you and going, yes. Yes, and I feel differently about it now. We'll see. Some things I haven't changed my mind about uh, that I love individuals who are on the spectrum and believe in their right to have the same freedoms that everyone else should have, whether they're, you know, we all need to be afforded those freedoms and sometimes we're not, but we all have the right to work where we want to work have the opportunity to be educated, to love who we love, to live in, in places that are safe and, and to have supports that help us to be the, the safest, happiest, most effective part of society that we can be. Right. I think that that should go for absolutely everyone, but because I'm a pony, I'm particularly interested in making sure that we secure the, the rights for those in the neurodiverse community um, for that. Cause as a parent, uh, that's got to be my job one, right? Helen, good morning. How are you? I hope you're well. By the way, the chat is open right now. We are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about 12 other sites. Our fabulous Traven will fill you in on what some of those sites are. This show will also podcast later at pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. It's a free download. We did make a little strategic change a little over a month ago, and I haven't heard any of you grouse, but I'm going to keep saying it from time to time. We were offering you a choice when you download it on iTunes, whether you wanted to download video uh, or only audio. And uh, what we were hearing from some people is that they mistakenly downloaded the video, but they didn't want the video. They just wanted to take us for a walk or a run because the videos are all archived on our YouTube channel. So now we have made the move that all of our podcasts are available in audio only. It's so much less expensive for us to make that a free thing for you. So that was sort of important for us to do. We don't want you to be cheated out of video though. Please, if you want to watch the video, head over to YouTube. It is free for you to watch us on YouTube and you can subscribe to us on YouTube just like you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So um, if you're taking us in the car sometimes, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review on iTunes. That's a really good thing to do. Um, But if you want to watch the video podcast later on, we're really trying to make YouTube our super home for that. So please check that out there. Laurie, good morning to you. I hope you're doing well. Write in and tell us how our things are going. Okay. So we are available in all those places. We are the number one rated autism podcast for the second year in a row. And we know that that's thanks to you guys because you like us, you share us, you tell other people about us. And we super appreciate that. You know, in this last year, we're, we've gone out on our own and we're excited. We're, we're starting, you're starting to see some of the vision with stories from the spectrum and some of the new shows that are coming uh, that we want to be bringing you guys. But we, we do have to keep the lights on 
so we are looking for sponsors. If you or someone you know has a product that you think would be a good fit here, we're fussy. I just got to be honest. We're not going to take any sponsor. We're fussy. We want it to be things that are of use to our viewers. So let us know if you know somebody who would like to have advertising space here uh, on our channel, um, on our show, on our websites, where we're interested in partnering with companies that are part of the same mission, providing information and inspiration and products that actually work to members of this diverse community. All right. I've said that. Uh, It's time then for me to remind all of you that we have many experts that are here on the show with us and uh, I'm not one of them. I don't consider myself an autism expert, although I do have a book out uh, that's called Autism Parent to Parent. Um, Maybe, there we go, there there was the cover. Uh, You know, maybe I've done a lot of that. I don't know what constitutes being an expert. I I don't think I qualify for that. But I've, I've spent some time in this community and I've learned a thing or two. And so I, I, what I've learned, I put in the book. But my point is don't expect me to know everything because I don't. And, and I want to be sure that I remind everybody that I'm not an expert. But what I am is somebody who wants to help you to get to the answers that you need. And your answers are different than the next person's, right? Because everybody comes here with different things going on. We're individuals. That's what I'm trying to say. So anyway, but we do have experts here on the show. Just don't confuse me for one of them. And uh, one of the reasons why I think it's important to not have an expert to talk about things is exactly what we're about to do right now. Uh, On Mondays and Wednesdays, we do something called the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are those experts talking about? What does it have to do with us? Why should we even care? Right? Because I don't know about you, but when my son was diagnosed with autism, my boat was and I was bailing as fast as I could and learning a whole new language and all the jargon that went with it was more than I could handle on a daily basis, right? But what I discovered after a year or two of futzing about it and saying, why do they have to use these terms? Is that if you know the terms, it can give you a shortcut to getting to the good stuff. So we take it on just one word, one phrase, one acronym at a time. First, we give you the actual definition. Whenever possible, I make fun of it um, because that's my hobby. And then we give you the working definition and I try to put it in a context for you that you can understand if you're not an expert. And I'm told that for experts, this is really hard. I don't really understand that. You know, people are born, they go through life, and at a certain point, they acquire expertise, right? But at some point, you, no one was born knowing what a task analysis was. So why people can't find the way to explain it to people who don't know what a task analysis is befuddles me. But I'm, I'm done arguing that. Uh, instead, what I try to do is say, I'm not an expert, but here's what I know about it. Here's what I've seen in my life here. If this is useful to you, then good. So here it is. Today's jargon term is task analysis. Now, one of the things that kicks my can about jargon is that sometimes it's deceptively easy, right? Where you go, well, task analysis, this doesn't seem, you're just analyzing a task, right? What has this got to do with autism? How can this help me? Why is this such a big deal that I got to learn this term in some other context? It seems kind of like a a superfluous waste of time. Yeah, except it's really not because sometimes this is the thing that makes 
makes the deal happen that you've been looking for. Um, because we in real life tend to skip over this little step here. So let's take a look at what the actual definition of a task analysis is. I'm going to guess it's a goody one. Process of breaking a complex skill or series of behaviors into smaller teachable units. Boy, that's not bad. I was all revved to make fun of it, but that's not a bad one. Um, cause I like this idea of smaller teachable units. That's still a little fuzzy for me. I don't quite know what we're talking about, but it seems like we're going to make it easier to teach here, which is really the truth here. So let's take a look at what our working definition of this is and see if we can't really get a gripster on this. A list of all the individual steps a child or an individual must take in order to complete a task or sequence of behaviors. Okay. And you're still like, whatever, Shannon, what is this? got to do with me. I'm going to ask you right now, what is it that you are struggling with in your life that you just can't learn how to do? And it can be anything from learning that hot new dance step that's on TikTok, right? Or it could be, you know, that you're learning how to knit, crochet, like what? It could be that you're learning how to garden. I am currently obsessed with pottery and throwing on a pottery wheel. And there are things that I will get and then I move on to the next thing. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And I can't quite get myself to do it. And, and you know, we all have these things in our life all the time. So think about something right now that you would like to be able to do that you're struggling with, okay? And I want you to have that in your mind. And now I'm going to switch to talking about our kids. Let's say that you have a child who's five. And, you know, many of you have written in and said, you know, you're working on potty training or you're working on brushing teeth or you're working on the bedtime ritual or all these things that you're working on for your child to do. Or it could be that you're working on, this is the summer where you're learning the multiplication tables and I'm sending you a hug if this is that summer for you, right? <laughs> right? You'll get through it. You'll live through it. Um, but here's the thing. If you're struggling, it's because almost always there is one little part of it that you're not getting right. You, it might be it, when we eventually do the task analysis and go, okay, it's this, 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 it might be 22 steps. And the rude reality is that you might be doing 19 of them right. But there's one little step at the beginning and one little step at the end and one little step in the middle that you're struggling with. And that's why you're not having success. And what happens when you try, try, try to do something and you don't have success? It really, the, you know, when you don't have success at something, it means that you're not getting the reward for it, right? That there are many rewards, for instance, for brushing your teeth and doing it well you know, that your teeth feel good, that you don't have cavities, so on and so forth. But if you're messing up one little step of it and you're still having cavities and your teeth hurt or your teeth don't feel fresh, right? You're not getting the reward for it. And then we get frustrated and often we will stop doing the thing that we were doing because it's not working. But sometimes it really was working. There was just one little thing that was missing. So this is where task analysis becomes the be all end all. So if we say, for instance, the example that I love to talk about with this is getting dressed on your own. And years ago, um, it's funny, it was right when skills first came out and we announced to you yesterday that skills is taking on clients again. It's a really interesting curriculum and skills at the time, it was just one thing. And then it became IBT, which is the Institute for Behavioral Training and skills because 
IBT teaches you how to teach and skills teaches you what to teach, right? And at one time they were, it was all together. Then they separated out because not everybody needed both of them, right? But you can get both of them now again. But uh, at the time there was a 40 hour class um, on skills. Now it's on IBT where anybody can learn the basics of teaching with an ABA style. Oh, I so recommend it. I so recommend it. I was taking the class and we got to the point where we were talking about task analysis and they were showing you in the video that the the little girl in the video needs to put on her shirt. And they were, were showing that she wasn't having success with it. And so then they did the task analysis and, and they were saying this on the video as if everybody always knows this, right? That, well, you know, step one of a task, task analysis is that you lay the shirt out on the, on the bed. Now, keep in mind that not everybody's task analysis for a task is the same, but follow along with me because I have never laid a shirt out on the bed before I put it on, right? So this is already, I'm like, what? Who does that? And maybe you do. I didn't. But they were like, okay, this is the way you teach it to a child because we found that this way is infinitely easier. You lay the shirt out on the bed and then you take your your hands and you put it underneath the inside the shirt and you put your hands in the top of the shirt and you scrunch until your hands are together i've never heard this before who puts on a shirt this way not me and i never taught anyone to put on a shirt this way right but they're like so now one the front part of the shirt or the back part of the shirt whatever it was i don't remember you have the from the top to the bottom between your fingers and you take that part and you put it over your head. Now let's ask ourselves, why? Why are they teaching it this way? Because one of the things that happens for many of our folks that are on the spectrum, and, and especially for young kids, especially, they go to put the shirt on and what do they do? They put it over their head and there's all this covering their face and they start to panic because their face is covered and they can't find the hole and they're pushing and pulling and they're not having success and now it becomes aversive. But doing this one little thing in the task analysis and, and scrunching it together, you can get it over your head. And, and there's a second when your face is covered and your face is never fully covered. And then the task analysis goes on to say, so you pull it, get it over your neck, and then you hold on with one hand while you put the other hand in and, you know, whatever the task analysis of it was. Never heard of this before in my life. And I was so fascinated by it that I, and I was like, does everybody know this? That I called my niece uh, who had a very young child, not on the spectrum at the time. No, she's not on the spectrum at all, but at the time the child was young. And I called her and I was like, do you put on your shirt this way? I didn't know this. I didn't. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's the problem that my, my daughter is having putting on her shirt. Thank you. You just solved the problem for me because I need to teach her how to scrunch up to the top. And as a result of that, she was able to that day show her daughter just that part and her daughter, you know, who's significantly older now was able to dress herself forevermore. So for everything that you do, there are steps to it to be successful, right? And it's sort of that thing about inventing a, a better mousetrap, right? That there might be a better way to do it. Do you know that they have spent years of research working on what is the best way to teach kids who are struggling with tying their shoes how to tie their shoes? And in the beginning, I don't know how you were taught, but I was taught with the whole thing with the bunny runs around the thing and pokes through the hole. Oh my gosh. 
when I was a kindergartner, like I remember the feeling of being the last kid in the kindergarten class who could do it the last kid and what that felt like and, you know, how frustrated I was because I couldn't tie my own shoes, right? They don't teach it that way anymore. Because guess what? That requires seven more hand skills than the way they teach it now. And it was 22 steps. And I think they've gotten it down to eight steps now for the cleanest way to teach someone how to tie their shoes. Insane right? So sometimes there's a better way to do it. Some way, sometimes there's a faster way to teach it. Sometimes there's a way to teach it that um, walks around certain muscle level development so that we can have the person be able to do the skill and do it properly, efficiently, effectively, and still work on that other strengthening of the hands, but not have it meet that roadblock. So this is why task analysis is huge. If you are struggling with something, let's say you're going skiing and you just can't get the one thing, I guarantee you, if you go to an instructor, they're going to say, let me watch you do it. Show me what you're doing. And what they're doing is they're watching, thinking through their task analysis and they're going, oh, I see exactly what you're doing. And, you know, they may, I don't know for some people how they language it in their heads, but they're like, oh, on this step. And then what do they do? They take you outside of the whole skill and they just work on that step with you so that you get that. And then you plug that back into the sequence and suddenly you go, holy moly, I got it, right? So task analysis, I always think of it as it equals frustration gone. If you're a teacher or you love teachers and I'm both, um, task analysis is like, oh my good, cue the angels singing because it's a way to be able to teach someone that's a frustration ectomy right? And and one of the other terms that we use from time to time is chaining, because chaining says that we're going to use the task analysis, we're going to do the task analysis and figure out what all the steps are. And then we're going to start with just doing the parts that they know. So if, and, and the parts that aren't already hard for them. So if it's toothbrushing that you want to do, and, and the thing is, is that your child freaks out whenever you get the toothbrush out, it could be that just taking off the cap and getting the toothpaste on the toothbrush, is more than they're ready for right now, right? So are we going to penalize them for that and be like, well, I guess you're not going to learn toothbrushing. No, we would never do that. So chaining says that we take the task analysis, we look at what they can do and what they can't do. And we only in the beginning, in the very beginning, we only have them do the parts that they can already do and we reinforce them heavily. Then we introduce one part that they need help with, and we teach it sometimes outside the toothbrushing to build the muscles, right? Like maybe we take the toothbrush, and and sometimes we want to remove the sensory stuff, like maybe we take the toothbrush and we put a little paint on a piece of paper and we say, I want you to scrub the paint off the paper, right? Because what they're not doing is moving the toothbrush enough. So we take the skill outside, then we plug it back into the sequence of events, but we're always reinforcing, reinforcing and saying, good job. You're doing such a good job. And we give them rewards and hugs and tickles, whatever is meaningful to them to tell them you're doing a good job. Um, It's a way to teach. And it's a way to teach that I have seen work for me for students that I've had, for my son, it it works. So task analysis 
It's, it's like one of those deceptively simple things, but so effective. I'm running late. Okay. We got to move on to our question of the day. Uh, and you guys can write in to your question of the day. I see I get all excited about these things. Uh, where's your favorite quiet place? Where do you like to go to have that moment of serenity and peace? What does that look like for you? Now, here's the thing. I put the word quiet in there, but for some people, quiet is a cacophony of birds. Like they like to go sit inside an aviary. So quiet doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. But where is the place where you like to go to be centered? And write in if you can and tell us, you know, what your quiet place is. I have places that I want to be my quiet places that I like I, you know, my backyard is the perfect quiet place. It is not where I go to be quiet. Uh, where I go to be quiet is my bedroom. That's where I go to be quiet. But or my car. My car is a good quiet place for me. Uh, so uh, write in and tell us where your quiet place is because uh, sometimes it doesn't occur to people where they can go. To be, I know, you know, for some people it's the bathroom. Like you just go and you get that moment of, of serenity where it's like, whew, I can take a breath here, right? And we had somebody who wrote in yesterday and said, I don't, I don't get to have that. My child is such a flight risk. I don't get to have that in the bathroom. I'm, I'm constantly worried, right? I think there's a legion of us that didn't use the bathroom closing the door for more than a decade, right? Yeah, um, it's an issue. Okay, uh, but write in, tell us where your favorite quiet place is as we move to our topic of the week. Uh, and this is something that we've been trying to hit on all this week, because regardless of what you do and how you do it, if you're not having a good time, then it's not reinforcing, I always get nervous when I meet, I love when I meet ABA parents who get it, who understand how much progress their kids can make with ABA. But sometimes they're like, so we're going to do, we're going to do hardcore ABA all the time. We're constantly, we're learning, 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 learning. I love that attitude, but are you making sure that it's fun? Because if you're constant, if everything is a classroom, every moment is a learning opportunity and you're always making it fun, you're going to have success. If all you're ever doing is drilling, 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 sure, you're going to have success then, but it's never going to be as much as if you made it fun. I've watched too many therapists over the years, behavior techs that get this and it's just Stunning to me when you see somebody who truly, truly gets this and they're they're using fun as a way to teach your child and you see because the kids like they lean into them and they want more. They're like little sponges. They're like baby birds that they're, they're like, feed me, feed me, feed me when it's fun. So it's got to, got to, got to be fun. In fact, we were just talking a second ago about if this is the summer where you're trying to learn the multiplication tables. Um you know, it takes me back because I can remember when that was, that was our summer where we just had to get the multiplication tables and everybody that I talked to, I'm like, how did you do it? How did you do it? What was the thing? And you know what the running theme was? We had to make it fun. We had contests. We, you know, we did it in the pool. Um, you know, we would, we would say, uh, we would have the kids be in the pool and we would say five times seven and we would throw a thing and you couldn't race to go get the thing until you said what it was. 
And then you could race and swim and go and get it. And the first person who came back won, right? But it was so much fun. And here's the thing that you, I can hear you guys going, but then they would cheat because if one kid yells it out, then the others know what the answer is. Yes. Yes. And that's how they learn. It's a great way to memorize because uh, they may not have known it, but now somebody else said it and we say, yes, go. And then they have to say what it is and then they can go and guess what? You're drilling it, but they don't know. It's fun. Anyway, prioritize the fun. Best way to teach is to make it fun, right? Uh, oh, Jahani, I'm so glad to see you. Well, this is not the new studio. This is my office. She said, I'm so excited to see you in the studio. This is my office. We were in the studio yesterday. If you want to see the studio, look at yesterday's show. Um, and for right now, we're, we're you know, just doing it work as we're perfecting things in the studio. But this is my office. So this is, if you come and visit me, this, this is my office next to the studio. So there we go. Uh, this, this is not the done thing. This is, I got to water this plant. I'm killing this plant. Anyway. Uh, moving on, we've got an amazing guest that I want to welcome back to the show. She's been with us before. Adriana Garza is here. She's an amazing mom. And I, how did I blow this? Uh, that I completely, she sent me the bio and I don't have it up. Adriana, you're going to have to help me here because I don't know what I, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, she's a mom on a mission. Uh, she's left no, I, this is not your bio. This is the one that I had written for you, but she sent me one and I can't find it. She's left no st stone unturned uh, to help her son. And currently she's working on a project to accurately portray autism and neurodiversity in the media, television, and film. And uh, she's going to be talking with us about the talent that she's seeking out. But I've left a bunch out and I can't find it, Adriana. This is the problem with when I'm in charge. Uh, but can we welcome to the program, back to the program, Adriana Garza. Look at how beautiful Hello. you are in, in like two and a half years. Uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. How long? So help us out. Help me out. You sent me a bio. I I'm a loser. I can't find it. Tell because there are many things in your bio. Why can't I find it? <laughs> you are far from a loser. You're actually the reason I'm sitting here today, able to do this. No. So no. um, go ahead. Very true. You and Chris Gibson and a whole bunch of Texas people got us here today. Oh. Um, bio in regards to what I used to do pre Austin that is now all about him, um, which I thought I wouldn't be doing again. And I'm super grateful that I'm able to do it again. So prior to him, I was in production. And I had a film that premiered at the Rome Film Festival that won a competition, and then uh, an international film competition from the author of The Alchemist. And I also had a play called The Art of Being prior to that, which won an award from Glamour Magazine and actually won a car, which still to this day is like surreal to say. <laughs> Um, and then he was born and my world became all about him. And he opened up my eyes to a world that is within, you know, reach that I knew nothing about. And so that's where I'm at today is, is, uh, focusing on, on making sure that he's included and seen and heard in the world and, yeah. and everyone and we, that he's we talk about this all the time about how, you know, your life is moving along and then you have your mm -hmm. child and that changes everyone. When you have a child, it changes you. But then when your child is diagnosed with autism or something else that is life changing, because let's face it, that's life changing. Um, you know, everybody rises to the occasion in different ways. And there are some people that, that, 
that say, okay, I'm whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And when I talk to any expert, when I talk to anybody working in the field, they say that it's, it's moms and dads like that, that keep them going. And it's funny, Adriana, because I always think of you, Mm. um, that I I always think of you because you are, I'm going to get misty here, but you are one of those parents. We talk a lot here about things and we put ideas out to people, Mm -hmm. but you are somebody who was like, tell me anything. And then I was always amazed at what you went and did and, and how you took advice and how you have been relentless. And, and, and you, there is no giving you woman, you, um, you are on his team and relentless and fighting for him. Every breath you take, I know that it's about him and making sure that he has what he needs. And as you said, that he's seen and heard. He's a very, he's a wonderful young man and he's very lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And I know you're lucky to have him. I know that. Uh, Beyond. Every time someone says that to me and I'm like, and I have the greatest teacher I've ever had in the world, like as my child and the world he opened me up to and the things he's taught me and Things, honestly, quite frankly, we both know, I wouldn't have known had he not come into my life and shown me a different way of being, which, by the way, it's a very neurodiverse world. It's just a very template-structured society, and it's time that people start realizing that it's very diverse. And, you know, I've had a lot of experiences where, for lack of better terminology in this moment, the world tries to even unsee him in plain sight. Um, because everything is so structured and I don't blame people because I was on that boat. And if it weren't for him, what would I know? Right. But now that I know it is literally my purpose and my mission to make sure that the more people know, the better. I always say, the more, you know, the less you'll stare, the more you'll care. Oh, I love that. He's very different and people stare and it Mm. does mean no, there's moments when I haven't slept in weeks. I do have moments where I'm like, stop staring at my child. But more than anything, it's, you know, he's different. I get it. He catches your eye. I hope he's teaching you something. You know, I hope you're learning from what you're watching that there's different ways of being a human being. It's very simple, as complex as it seems to be for society because we're structured such a certain way. I mean, even when when we talk about IEPs and, Mm -hmm. and IEPs, it stands for Individualized Education Program. And yet we all know we have to go in and fight for something that is individualized for our child because the school constantly tries to stick our kids into boxes. Well, we have this program and we have this program and your child doesn't really fit in either one of these programs. So we're going to put them in this program. And we as parents have to say, you know, let's remember what this is called, the individualized education program. All right. So I get on that soapbox, but you're here today Wait, I have to tell you really quickly that I think of you often in IEPs because I reached out to you one time and I was like, Shannon, I just really had it with this one person trying to exactly like box my son in and this isn't what this is about. And I said this and you're like, oh, honey, please. And then you mentioned something you had said to me and it was so like in an IEP because I felt so horrible. It is very frustrating sometimes to think these are the people that chose to help my son And yet they come into the room and they're like, "Mm, we're going to do it this way. And it's like, I am sorry. It can't be done that way for him. He's clearly showing you he's different. Yeah. So I think of you often in IEPs. Was it helpful? Whatever I said, 
Oh, it was just because I had felt bad about what I had said to the person the moment oh. <laughs> saying to me, oh, oh don't worry, yeah. I've done this no. and that. In, no, I've said things to people that their hair is still singed. Um, you know, so like we try to be our best selves always, but when we are warriors in battle for on our kids' behalf, sometimes some fur flies. And I, you know, I've had to forgive myself for that. So please forgive yourself. Um, and I think that, you know what? I don't know about you, but the good educators that I went through the system with that I pushed and pushed and pushed and said, no, do it this way. Mm -hmm. um, because that's the way my kid needs it. The good educators came back and thanked me later and said, I'm so glad that you pushed because I was hundred percent sure that what you said wasn't going to work. And yet it did. And now I've learned. Um, my fear is that then they're going to go to the next parent and say, well, I'm going to do it the way Shannon said to do it not the way the kid needs it. It's like, where, where's the individualized thing? Anyway, I, we got to talk about, you've got a new project. So right. tell us what this project is and what you're doing. Okay. So first of all, thank you so much, honestly, to you. Um, you're, I, have to, I have to tell you this because I'm pretty sure that you don't remember or you may not remember, but you need to know this because okay. this is why I'm able to be here today. I was moving in between apartments in Texas and we had mold and spiders in certain situations and he was epileptic at the time and obviously nobody should be in mold, but he could definitely not be in mold. Yeah. And you called um, and I was devastated because I was doing all the moving, as you know, everything in Texas, the laws, you know, didn't benefit Austin. And I did a lot of things on my own and had to run auctions and had to run GoFundMes and uh, the uh, custody agreement didn't favor us. And a lot of things happened. But I was in the midst of literally falling apart as I'm moving our stuff and I'm talking to you and I cannot, I cannot remember why you called, but I can remember that you said to me, you are on a mission and you and that child, and I'm trying not to get this, you know, mm. are going to be doing something big. You have been asked to do something big. And it was just, and in that moment, I could have never known what you were referring to, because in that moment, I was like, I'm just trying to make sure he has his therapy and trying to make sure he has these medically, you know, prescribed hours that the attorney general isn't taking seriously. And they're not, you know, asking for support from anyone else. And I'm having to do it all. I'm just trying to make sure that who he is, is seen, heard, understood, and supported. So here I am today, flash forward, you know, August will be three years that we arrived in LA, and I've lived here before. So for me, it was common sense to bring him here because of the vast resources, including the re regional center and ABA being covered, which is not covered in Texas. And um, all of a sudden, last fall, two people from my life, three people came back from my hometown just like simultaneously um, 30 years after having seen them. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of reawakened and realized I wasn't kind of, I was reawakened. And I realized, okay, I'm, I've had this, I'm more than this autopilot person that, you know, Texas, because of the way the laws are written, wasn't benefiting who I was and was suppressing who I was. And it, you know, all became is rightfully so about Austin, but also in a detrimental way when the laws don't aid the situation. So they came back into my life. My best friend, Amy, my friend West, my friend Miguel all came back into my life. And all of a sudden I felt like I've got this, Miguel has been a big um, influence in getting investors in my past projects. And I had this idea inside of me for a while and I just kept thinking, you know, he, we just had a bout of two weeks where he didn't sleep. Uh -huh. And so I kept thinking, how am I going to do this? And then it became more about, I've got to do this. I, my eyes have been open to too much in the last 10 years to not do this. 
And so I had this idea inside of me, which I don't want to talk about too much. It's still, you know, my baby. You're still in the building phases. Yeah. Yeah. But we are going to be filming the trailer for it. And the leads are entirely neurodiverse, different able children. I say, I know it's commonly known as disabled, but I say different able because Austin has taught me that he does things differently at his own pace. Yep. So we literally have these phenomenal children and everyone is inspired by someone, but also a combination of many things I've seen on this journey. So, and we've got their caregivers and we're gonna be showing the world that we are here and we don't need to hide from plain sight and that the more you see us and the more that you acknowledge that we're just humans doing things differently, you know, the more we can coexist and come from a place of love in my humble opinion and choose you know, to instill in future generations that being different is more than okay. Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, my purpose is to give, like I always say, I have to shed light on Austin. You know, I have to shed light on him because people are like, there he is, but no. I'm like, no, but look, it's just different. You know, he uses a communication device, but he can say it. It's just simply different. So along the way, I've met, you know, people with Asperger's and I met people who, you know, uh, walk differently and, you know, use the ability of assistance from a wheelchair. I've just seen different ways of doing things. And that's what this is about. This is about showing you kids who are kids, like everyone else, they're just doing things differently. So we've got a vast range of roles I'm trying to cast. Um, obviously, when the breakdown went out, what was, I had 200 submissions like that and it was mostly neurotypical. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I need to get the word out that we're doing this project that, you know, in the long run, the leads are going to always be the children and the caregivers in whatever format they come, whether it's a grandparent, where it's the actual parent, but it's shedding light on this is what it takes for our life to work. And I feel that a lot of what we see on TV right now, because people say, oh, have you seen this or have you seen that? That's great. Let me show you what it's going to take for us to potentially get a good doctor out of the scenario, you know, yeah. for potentially to get some, you know, our kid in college. This is the journey that nobody's talking about. Yeah. that I'm literally still living and that many people are living. And I feel like we we feel, even the parents feel unseen. And so it's important that everybody know we're part of this world. <laughs> that, yeah. that I don't know if there was a, a professor that posed a great question. Are the numbers higher because it's really rising or are the numbers higher because the difference? You know, yeah. and that's my thing. It's yeah, it's a great question. I don't know, but I know that that neurodiversity is here and it's not going anywhere. And so that's right. I'm here to you know to aid in, in any way that I can, um, because I've got the greatest guide and teacher ever showing me that that it's time. Well, I love that you're gonna put a flashlight on this. So let's we're we're not gonna talk about too many specifics about the project. Um, but the people who ultimately are involved, you'll share it with, but we're we're not gonna like put it, everything out there. But you are casting. Um, I understand that the thing that you're the trailer that you're gonna be shooting is gonna shoot the end of July, early August. Do you know where you're gonna be shooting? And does someone if someone who doesn't live near there, like talk to us about what the, who, who you're looking for and what, what the different credentials that they need to have are, because do they need to live close enough that they can uh, do that? And, and should we show the flyer? Um, he's got the, 
so let's put the flyer up um, that, and we can, all, I think we can make this available too with a link maybe. And I can do a brief rundown of, because, you know, obviously I created these characters and I'm in love with these, these children, you know, but um, I'm looking for Finn who is four to eight years old and he's Caucasian. He loves all things cars and he is an introvert, but a very fast talker. Again, four to eight years old, Caucasian. <laughs> Asher is 10 to 15 years old. She is blind and she's a tomboy and she loves everything uh, to do with her grandfather because that's who's raising her. Lago is 12 to 15 years old. She is, I like to say official diagnosis is Asperger because Austin again has taught me a lot, right? But the official diagnosis is Asperger, but she loves all things that have to do with space. Think about like Griffith Park Observatory. Think about talking about planets, hanging out with her father, Easton. She loves being with him. He is very protective of her and has put her into martial arts. So that's Lago, 12 to 15 years old, Caucasian. Maximo is 7 to 10. He's Down syndrome. His mama is very sassy. As a matter of fact, his mama is very Shannon Penrod to me. <laughs> takes, I love it. And he takes after her. Um, Beatrix is 12 to 15 years old. She's Hispanic. She is also on the autism spectrum. She likes to repeat things when people say them. And okay. she loves watching videos and she loves being in the comfort of her home. Uh, Danielle, seven to nine, is cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. That role is open to all ethnicities. And okay. uh, last but not least, there's a little young boy named Enrique, four to six years old, uses a communication device. Due to the nature of what was written and the scenes for it, I, that is the only role I am asking for an actor for, Shannon. I think you'll understand that SIV is something that you don't ever want to trigger. Yes. And so I made the decision consciously to not ask for someone that is on the spectrum for the four to six year old. Okay. Uh, and everybody's writing in how excited they are. Hello, Sharon and, and jo Johani. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very excited about that. So uh, where are you going to be shooting this? So Los Angeles County. And honestly, it's going to range anywhere from Pasadena to like Woodland Hills. And about um, my, how many days shoot are you anticipating for the trailer? So it's it's a two week shoot to to make sure that we have everything. But obviously everybody's not. I'm I'm calculating right now that each character will be needed like two to three days. Okay. Um, everybody's not going to be needed for the entire two weeks. My priority, and the director knows this. He's in, in England right now shooting a film. But my priority is making sure that everything is safe, accommodated, and done in a in a manner that you know is supportive in a, an environment we know is crucial. So. Yeah, I want to make sure absolutely. that all that is, is taken care of for everyone. There's so definitely you either need to live in Los Angeles or you mm -hmm. need to have family or friends that you can mm -hmm. stay with in Los Angeles to be able to submit. Um, sure. And uh, we, we do have an email there on the screen right now, but it's a little bit small um, for people. It's it's uh, you can go to a website, www.adrianagarzaproductions.com. Um, but is there Literally also on the landing page? You can email me when you get on the home page. There'll be a way. My email is there, a phone number, um, okay. you know, form to submit. But the email is Adriana at Adriana Garza Productions. Okay. So um, if you guys know someone that you feel would be appropriate for these roles, do yourself a favor and help Adriana out and um, submit and let her know that you're interested in being a part of this project at, at this point and at, with this trailer, there is no pay. Let's be clear about that. But um, this is how a lot of projects, if you live in LA, you know, this is how a lot of projects get started and that sometimes it turns into pay down the road.
So, um, but worthwhile, if you have a kiddo that's on the spectrum and you are wanting them to be in the field, I assume uh, a lot of times copy and credit is what we say in LA when you're not getting paid, that you get copy and credit. I assume that they're getting that copy and credit. Mm-hmm. That means that you'll get a copy of something to be able to send out to prospective agents um, and you will get be credited in it, which is very important. Um, I do just want to say briefly, Shannon, that yeah. because this is already lined up to be pitched to, you know, streamers and some people um, that are, you know, high ranking in, in the industry that I've known for a very long time. One of them happens to be my elementary uh, and high school principal's uh, niece, who he recommended I get in touch with when I moved out to L.A. 20 oh, wow. some years ago. Um, and she's, you know, VP of, of international, one of the um, streamers. So anyway, so this is so the one thing that I do want people to know is that we will provide you copy as soon as as soon as possible. But it may not necessarily happen right away because of the nature of the project. Sure. Um, how it's never been done before. And we want to make sure that we stand a chance to get the, to the right people. Absolutely. Getting Absolutely. A new world. Yes. Copy usually takes a really long time. So there we go. Um, But kind of an amazing project. And um, I just got to salute you that in amongst everything else that you've been doing in COVID, because this was a hard time for caregivers. This was a hard time for young people on the spectrum and there were service interruptions and things like that. The fact that you found the time to be working on all of this, it just goes to show that you are superhuman. Uh, (laughs) and, um, and that you're one of those moms, you're just not going to let it go. And I just love and respect that with all of my being. Well, Um, you know, you, (laughs) it takes one to hear one. Like, seriously, I was listening to you because I was watching the entire program before I came on and I was like, she's just, I think I know something. And I listen to Shannon and I'm like, but it's necessary. People need to pave the way for us. People need to open the door. People need to inform us. You were such a, well, I can't say it enough. And, and I, I don't think that I'll ever honestly have words to express what you meant to us, but I was, and, and I think you might see a difference from when I came into the studio, when I first got here in 2019, I literally thought I was going to die. There was no, there was no, he wasn't sleeping, you know, insurance therapy wasn't paid for. There was just no support system. In Texas, absolutely, because they they don't fully grasp what's happening and that the numbers are rising and that we need support and they you know they there's no laws they're so outdated that actually help me that you know those phone calls where you would be like try this grant or do this or do you kept me afloat this Texas well, kept me afloat I cannot sit here and do this project justice and say that I would be here if it wasn't for you guys oh well that's so sweet. But we also have to say, you know, I mean, a lot of people call me up and, you know, Texas has has been, you know, an interesting place. I'm going to say, right. I lived Um, it. I'm going to tell my story. (laughs) Right. But, um, but, you know, there was a certain point when you were, because what you were doing, just so people know, Texas had first was, was not paying for any ABA. And then Texas did something where they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to start a grant and we're going to give families a very small amount of ABA because we just don't think that people will take it seriously. That Mm -hmm. was sort of the asterisk that they didn't put out publicly, but, 
and they've changed the grant. The grant still, as far as I know, exists, but it's changed so many times. And it's an exercise in frustration because mm -hmm. they would give people like three to four hours a week. Then it was, well, we'll give you, people okay. complained and said, we don't have enough. Then we'll give you 10 hours a week, but then you'll do six months on and six months off, which there's no research to show that that, that, that would be effective. In fact, there's research to show why that isn't effective. Mm -hmm that people need consistency. So it was a, it's been a very frustrating time for a lot of families in Texas. So we started trying to come up with ideas to give people to work around it. Mm -hmm. And we were saying, you know, well now that you know what it, that ABA works, you know, you can get private insurance, but that's expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's a way for you to do that, go and get private insurance. So we said that to probably 10,000 parents. Adriana and Adriana was like, okay, where, where am I going to get this insurance? And then we had to scurry to go, well, okay, where, where can you, which company can give you this insurance? And that was a scramble. And then, and then you turned around and did a fundraiser to pay for the insurance premium. And we were like, look at her, like she's getting it done. So then when we would talk to parents, we would, we would say, well, here's what one parent is doing. So because you did that, more parents went and did that you were making a change. And then when you got to the next place where it was frustrating to you and you weren't getting enough, we say this to a lot of families. Well, one of your options is to move to California, but obviously that's a hard thing and not everybody can do that. And the next time I blinked, you had packed and you were moving to California. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. But, but we have to be honest when you got to California, it was not easy. Because to get services started was a nightmare on Elm Street. And you waited through that. You've waited through it all. You there when I say there is no give in this woman, you guys, I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I, you know, I gotta just say this to you that I think, you know, you're getting all these other projects done, but at some point, girl, your life is a lifetime movie. Uh, you should be pitching to lifetime. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm well, totally there's this, I'm laughing because there's this, this is, you know, the pilot for this TV series, because I feel we need to be in people's faces every week. I don't think that, you know, one, just two hours is going to do justice to the entire journey yeah. of what we have to live on a daily basis. And I, and the other thing I really want, Sharon, is you're speaking and you're, you know, you're reminding me is I want people to know they're not alone. I felt very alone. I didn't, if it, again, if it weren't for the support at the Westlake card at the time and yourself, I don't, I don't know what would have happened because that's when I started getting sued left and right. And so many things started happening that were out of my control that, you know, while I was trying to understand Austin and make sure that, you know, he was helped. But, you know, one of the end goals is, as we're speaking, is that the more I can and show and reveal and just shed light because we're here again, I'm not, you know, asking you to see something that's not real. This is very real. This is everyday yeah. life for us. And yeah. the more that we can hopefully get in there and somehow change the laws in Texas are very outdated. And the yeah. dad, I'm sorry, the non-custodial parent doesn't have to pay child support for three months. And if they have their own business and that we can't do anything about it. And there's no, it's a template agreement. There's no special needs attached to it. And it's one thing after another. And I went to court and represented myself and I won because I was uh, the first time and then it's been nonstop. But I was determined to say, this is not okay. My son did not choose this. Yeah. I'm not going to be okay with the world turning their back on him. Yeah. Period. End of story. And that's well, where you were yeah. talking earlier about how we realize when we're mamas, oh, I have this level of capacity and tenacity and strength I didn't know existed because he didn't, he's an innocent. I had a woman tell me the other day, because I like to tell people you can't park on the ramp. It's not there for that. It's not there for you to park and unload. It's there for people that need it with a wheelchair. 
And she got very upset with me and she told me, you know, that she could park there and she it escalated and she started, you know, videoing me and et cetera. And I kept thinking to myself when I went to go see my papa and I told them, I said, you know, you're, you're saying that an eight-year-old nonverbal child that did not choose any of this has less value than you yeah. and that you can park and block because you're so entitled. And then when I took a deep breath, more motivation to do this project because yeah. people simply choose ignorance yeah. and obviously entitlement. You think you can block the ramp and there's no problem with that. That's a whole nother yeah. level, right? But us parents, we need more support. We do, you know, and, and Texas is definitely one of those states that needs to support more. So if I can shed light on everything that happened to me and hopefully down the law aid and, and, you know, that's one of my goals too, is aid in changing these laws that again, our children didn't ask for any of this. Yeah. And we are all showing up and doing the best that we can. Um, Amen. Amen. I, appreciate, I appreciate everything you say about me. I have to learn. My therapist tells me to receive compliments. So thank you. Yeah, but also I turn it back to you guys. Cause at that moment, if it wasn't for you guys, I don't know that I'd be sitting here. I really don't. There we go. Well, and I'm sending love to Amanda who says, yeah, it's not fun in Texas. Um, well, you know, um, we're working on it. We keep working on it. Um, and that's change is here. I don't say yeah. change is coming. I said change is here. We're here. That's right. Uh, that's right. And, and we are the change. We are the people we've been waiting for. Uh, that was our theme a couple right. of weeks ago. In any case, we are out of time because time flies when we're having fun. But um, if you want to know more about this project, if you have someone that you feel fits the requirements that Adriana was talking about, she wants to cast this authentically. That is the mission. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so she's reaching out in several different ways across the community. Um, I hope Adriana, that you have gotten in touch with, I have their card around here somewhere. There is the theater group that what? I love so she much in, in Los Angeles that is a call. They just changed their name. It used to be Rex and friends. Um, but they do uh, work with the autism community and the blind and with uh, military vets who are differently Perfect. abled. Yeah. So you definitely want to be talking to them because they might have um, some of the people that you're looking for, for your casting. Uh, I'll see if I can find the business card. It was just here on my desk. I'll find and it and forward it to you. Um, but there it is on the website. For those of you who are listening in podcast, it's Adriana, A-D-R-I-A-N-A, Garza, G-A-R-Z-A productions.com. Go there. You'll be able to contact her directly from there. You'll be able to see the, the casting breakdown by going there. Uh, and all roads that you need to go on will get you there from Adriana Garza productions.com. So Shannon? please do that. Yes. Yes. That's because so you can see how uh, since you last saw him. Wait, wrong way. Wow. Do you see the differences? <laughs> He's a handsome young man. He it's is, been he, like two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. It was right before COVID and then COVID and we were all home. So yeah. I moved here perfect timing because COVID in Texas would not have been good. For me, so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no. Divinely I'm glad that you're, I'm glad you're flourishing. Uh, and you're clearly flourishing and so is he. So sending you much love. Please reach out and be a part of this project and we'll look forward to hearing more about it. I gotta go. But hey, we're back tomorrow and what we're talking about tomorrow is building language. It's a parent-to-parent -parent talk about how do we build language in our kiddos' 
that have no language or have only a little language. That's what we're focusing on tomorrow. So uh, I hope that you guys will join us then. We thank Adriana Garza for being with us as well and providing information and we'll be back tomorrow. But until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. Bye.